Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. My guest is uh, Brianna Stubbs. She's over in England. She's a research lead at HVMN Ketone. The website is hvmn.com. So Brianna, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm actually in San Francisco. So our company, we're based out in San Francisco. I moved from England, um, as you can tell from the accent. Okay. I studied I studied my PhD at Oxford University. Uh, I was actually at Oxford for about seven years and just moved stateside about a year and a half ago. And so um, I'm enjoying it, enjoying the sun, enjoying being away from the rain and really excited to be working on the ketone ester, which I was studying over in Oxford and seeing it become of a real thing that that people can go and like hold and touch and use out in the field that's great yeah i've, I've heard of you know there's a lot of uh, exogenous ketone products in the market and i guess those are uh ketone salts like beta hydroxybutyrate but you're talking about ketone esters which i guess legend has it are more, a lot more powerful right yeah so um as part of my phd i spent quite a lot of time comparing uh what happens when you take exactly the same kind of gram amount of bhb as a salt uh, and then as an ester. And so one of the big findings was that, um, that as you say, the esters are much more powerful, uh, potent to kind of raise the BHB. And part of that could be explained by the fact that many of the ketone salts um, that are kind of commercially available are what's called uh, a racemic mixture. So that means that um, there's two types or two isoforms of beta-hydroxybutyrate inside that compound. Uh, the way I like to describe it to people is, is it's almost as if having the molecule has like a left and a right-handed form. So both of our mm. left and right hands have four fingers and a thumb, but they don't overlay. Um, and beta hydroxybutyrate has the same property. So half of it um, is not quite the same as what the body makes. And what we found um, in the studies that I ran for my PhD thesis was that the form that but the body doesn't really make as much, sort of hangs around for quite a long time. So it doesn't look like it's being burnt as a fuel so much. And also you wouldn't detect it on a typical uh, like blood ketone test because all of those tests are specific for, for the form that our body makes. So, um, yeah, ketone yeah. esters, uh, the ketone ester that I worked on and that, that we have here at HBMN is what's called a D-beta-hydroxybutyrate monoester. So it has... Um, D-beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is the form that the body makes, um, bound to like a ketone precursor. And so when you drink that, there's no salt or anything like that, and it's just purely delivering beta-hydroxybutyrate for the body. So you're able to get ketone levels higher and, and quicker. So, yeah, uh, if you were to compare it to the normal ketone salts, how much stronger is it? And I've heard how much more disgusting drink yeah uh well i mean it depends <laughs> what you like i mean the other day i was uh, we've been sort of we're always wanting to kind of keep abreast of the new technologies here so i was actually testing out some ketone salts the other day and to be honest like the 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 fact that you have to drink so much more of it and the sort of it's quite it was quite strongly um artificially sweetened and flavored and mm. to be honest like having to drink like 500 mils of and also, I feel like I, my brain was half aware that there was this like sort of salt undertaste that was kind of like offset by the sweetness. So, like, for me, drinking 500 mils of, of that was 
net probably more unpleasant than doing a quick shot because the ketone ester we sell it's in like 65 mil shot total volume and in that you get 25 grams of um, the ketone ester and so for that amount of ketone ester you'll get blood ketone levels um, of you know four millimolar say and the other day when I took wow. the ketone salt I was at 1.2 I mean that was a different amount of BHB actually and, you know when I really tightly controlled the amounts of BHB in my thesis it was sort of like three millimoles plays just over one millimole so yes there's like three to four times more powerful um, in terms of raising right. blood ketone levels. And I understand what you mean because um, like I, um, I've i tried those powders and, and for me, I don't like drinking a large volume. It's friggin' disgusting. So yeah. I have um, a li- yeah, I have a liquid ketone and I'll use like three capfuls and then I'll put a little bit of lemon juice and a, li- a squirt of water mm-hmm. and some MCT oil. So I think, I don't know how much volume is it, but it's probably like a fifth of the volume of what you'd have to drink as a powder. And for me, that's better because otherwise it's like, you know, so yeah, makes sense. it's not nice. And then also it's a big, um, especially if you're looking to use ketones for physical performance, like how tolerable that specific compound is, is a really important consideration as to like the mm. end performance result that you get. So um, because when you drink the BHB ketone ester that's in HBMN ketone, there's a you know, very low risk of side effects. You know, in all of the athlete studies that I was involved with at Oxford, we never had to stop a study for someone feeling sick. And, and by contrast, um, there's a, about four or five studies published on ketone salts now, and a number of them report um, like diarrhea or sort of um, kind of churny tummy, like, which is not really what you want for an athlete. Uh, it's not going to help your performance. You know, maybe the net negative effect of feeling off color is going to offset any kind of metabolic benefit of um, the ketones. And to be honest, that's true even of studies with carbohydrates. So when they overdose people on carbohydrates and people get diarrhea or GI distress from too much carbs, then that impacts on performance as well. So um, really, right. you know, it's kind of common sense. If something makes you feel sick, it's not necessarily going to deliver a performance benefit. And, you know, more on that theme um, recently or within the last year or so, um, an Australian group ran a study of an acetoacetate diester. So it's a different a different ketone ester to the one that we're selling, but, but a ketone ester nonetheless. And they had um, a very high um, incidence of GI issues in that study. Again, had to pull someone out of that study. So, um, I think you have to really look at what compounds being given, how how tolerable it was, and and then if, you know, especially if you're not using it for athletic use cases, you can titrate up or down your your dose to to get a level that's right for you. Much in the same way that I think you know the community that follows a ketogenic diet, people are used to the fact that you don't just take two tablespoons of MCT straight straight away. You build up sort of right. a tolerance and you find out what your gut can take. And so. Um, I would say for people looking to try out exogenous ketones, definitely titrate the dose up um, and consider that there probably is different uh, side effects or tolerability profiles for different compounds, but maybe also even for different formulations. So one ketone salt manufacturer might use a different sweetener or a different ratio of uh, minerals or something that's going to make affect the tolerability. So we have to be kind of careful not to broad bucket um, even esters and salts or any of these things it's it's everything's quite um individual to, to the product and individual to the person yeah I've, I've talked to a lot of people about exogenous ketones and you know a lot of people seem to um 
say, well, you know, if you don't have to use them, don't use them. And, uh, you know, what, so you're different because you're, you've been researching these things a lot. What effects do you see they have on people? Is it just for athletes? Can it be used before meals to blunt the effect of glucose, uh, postprandial? Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what are all the uses that you see that most people don't know about or don't talk about? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess I'd like to preface this by saying that there's an awful lot of research that needs to be done in this field to, to really um, back up any, any use cases with evidence. So there's an awful mm. lot of exciting research being done in animals. And, and now that um, exogenous ketones broadly and, and the ketone ester is this ketone ester that we've been working on is kind of more available. I'm sure that we're going to see an explosion of studies that look at specific use cases. Um, but, you know, we sell we sell human ketone for athletes. And that's because we have the best evidence um for efficacy with athletes you know we have the one great paper published in cell metabolism that's a five separate studies all looking at how this affects the metabolism of athletes so we're really really confident that that it works for that use case actually we had an athlete break a world record using it just the other week so like that you know i mm. feel like um i've seen it work a lot i've used it myself in sports and, and i feel good about that um you alluded to blood glucose control and again we have a human study there showing that using ketones for meals does blunt the glycemic response. So I think that that's definitely a promising use case. And um, it'll be interesting to look at how that plays out over longer term studies. And, and another thing I guess that's relevant to this specific point is that I personally don't think that it would ever completely replace the diet or replace reducing refined carbohydrates in your diet is going to be a helpful, a helpful addition. Um, but I don't think, you know, especially when we launched the drink, we had some journalists be like, oh, you can have your donut in one hand and your ketone ester in the other hand. And that's great. And it's like, well, actually, although we tell athletes to take it with carbs, because that's, you know, you get a synergistic effect of ketones and carbs. I don't think that people using it for metabolic health reasons should um, expect that it's going to kind of cover up any sins, as it were. But um, I do think that there's a use there, not only glycemic control, but as part of my PhD, we looked at the effects of um, the ketone ester on appetite and found that it suppressed appetite and suppressed the hunger hormone ghrelin. So certainly could see it being used um, just to help to help people adhere to the diet, to maybe to ease into the transition, maybe to help people who are following a ketogenic diet with energy around um, working out or, or, you know, people who are fasting who don't want to kind of completely derail the metabolic processes there. Um, so I think it's, it's certainly interesting to kind of consider those kind of um, broader health use cases, but also mm -hmm. very excited around how ketones could be used for, for not only for health but also for general the general consumer for brain performance so uh currently we're really interested in looking at how they how ketone drinks could affect cognitive performance because evolutionarily we know that ketones are a great fuel for the brain um, and actually this ketone ester we published a study in 2016 uh that used an animal model and the animals have to solve a maze uh, day after day and they were on either um, a ketone ester diet, a Western diet, which is high in carbs and high in fat, or a ketogenic diet. And the ketone ester diet animals were much better at solving the maze. So there's kind of early indications there from animal studies that may be a cognitive effect. So, you know, maybe I could see people replacing their afternoon, early afternoon cup of coffee with, with ketones. And, you know, they get like appetite suppression and cognitive focus throughout their afternoon. Um, you know, it certainly be an interesting idea to 
to be taking ketones instead of caffeine, say. It's like a targeted use case. Um, and then just in the broader like health space, um, there's one case study published that used this ketone ester in Alzheimer's disease um, and saw improvements of the cognitive um, sort of decline there. And there's certainly some interesting uh, research being carried out uh, in a number of different centers, but specifically um, there's a researcher called Dr. Stephen Tunane who has used um, MR, special MRI imaging techniques to look at how the brain can get energy during Alzheimer's disease and the balance between sugar metabolism and keto metabolism. And he actually used um, medium chain triglycerides, so MCT, so like comparatively not very powerful source of ketones. Um, I think he elevated ketones to around about 0.6, 0.8 millimoles using his um, ketone MCT drink. And they mm. found that they could really profoundly um, rescue the deficit in energy that happens in people's brains when they have Alzheimer's or mild cognitive impairment. So um, there's a certainly an encouraging sign that raising ketones could help with um, you know, brain metabolism in more classical like disease cases rather than just kind of cognitive performance for, for healthy people so certainly a few things I mean that's I mean I, I could talk I could talk for hours about this there's so much to say I mean also ketones being implicated in longevity recently a paper came out that looked at the effects of um, it wasn't the same ketone ester that we used but they had made a manufactured distance so the ketone ester used it to raise BHB and they were looking at markers of vascular aging in mice and they found that some of those markers were um, upregulated, so as in the blood vessels age less with the BHB versus versus control animals. So I think we're really at the cusp of, of a lot of interesting discoveries about how these can be used. And I think when right. people are like, oh, well, don't, don't take ketones if you don't need to, I'd say there are definitely some outcomes where you want to restrict the carbohydrate in your diet for, you know, especially say for uh, weight loss or diabetes control. But then there are other separate use cases where actually ketones and carbs might act in synergy or where you just want an acute kind of boost from ketones that um, that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get because it takes quite a long time of adherence to the diet or, or fasting to really get any well, right, meaningful so level of The quick question here, you, you mentioned, um, do you recommend that people take this with carbs or just stand alone and, you know, finishing a, so, an overnight fast like with the meal yeah so, so the product as it is when you when you buy it off the website it has um no, no carbs in it it's just ketone ester and, and flavoring but that right. said we do like on our website and you know our kind of like gold standard recommendation is to take it with carbohydrate because that is exactly how we studied it at oxford and so we you know in order to be the most um you know, transparent with people as possible if people want to get an enhancement if people on a mixed diet want to enhance their performance then having full carbohydrate availability with the addition of ketones that's where we've seen performance benefits now that said we never we have not yet done any research into people who are already following a ketogenic diet and what the uh, different, what the interaction might be, say, between adding like carbohydrates and ketones back in. So really, like our ethos at HBMN is to be, you know, as true to the research as possible. And so that's why we recommend that for performance reasons that people take it with carbohydrate and for recovery as well. We, there's been a few papers that have looked at giving ketones along with carbs and protein. And so that's why we, we recommend that people feel like need to change um if they've got a nutrition regime that's working for them, they'll get extra benefit from adding ketones. They don't necessarily need to change their diet 
but because you know but we yeah. also made a conscious choice not to put carbs in the product so that people who are following a ketogenic diet can use it and um you know not interrupt their normal like diet and that's the weird thing and that's what a lot of people um worry about with exogenous ketones oh you know some people will think they could just eat whatever they want and have the uh, exogenous ketones so they all seem to warn against that um what i mean that's that's supposedly a state that people never would naturally be in right to not only have an elevated ketone level in their blood but also elevated insulin because of the carbs so yeah so um that, i think uh, concern you or what do you think about that well so i think for the athletic use case sort of an acute or you know like once every few days having the ketones with like a bolus of carbohydrate i think that that's not anything that's gonna that's sort of gonna stress the body beyond beyond what it's capable of coping with and we actually see that when whenever you drink ketones whether it's a ketone salt or a ketone ester you get a drop in blood glucose so it seems like in the in the short term anyway the body um, is good at knowing how much energy substrate is available in the blood and when ketone levels go up there's a compensatory drop in blood glucose and that's that effect of exogenous ketones is really conserved across all the different compounds and animal models, human models. Exogenous ketones consistently can drop blood glucose. Um, I mean, really, what would happen if that happened? If you were to do, if you were to eat, literally eat donuts and drink exogenous ketones every day for six months, then what would happen? I, I couldn't say. But I mean, really, too much. If you, I think, in the state of calorie excess. So if you just added ketones in on top of your diet, didn't account for the, you were already eating in calorie excess, say, or, or you didn't account for the addition of energy from ketones, then that's going to be the same kind of energy overload as if you're in calorie excess from sugar or fat. You know, it's like, I think a lot of um, metabolic conditions that are prevalent in today's society are just due to kind of energy excess. Amongst other things, you know, it's a key, it's a key contributor to, to many of the things that we're seeing now. So I think that exogenous ketones are not going to mitigate that. I would expect them not to be harmful if you were in energy balance and, and still consuming carbohydrates, because I think that the not only on like a, a liver, a whole body level, so like the liver releasing blood glucose, say, so the, the blood glucose falls, the liver releases less glucose when you take exogenous ketones but also even on a, a sort of a subcellular level like inside the mitochondria there are a lot of checks and balances as to as to what's going through all of those pathways so for example i want to get like too deep into into the biochemistry here but ketones and glucose and and fats all converge on this molecule called acetyl-CoA and that feeds into what's called the Krebs cycle which is it, crucial for the mitochondria making energy and so if you um, increase the levels of this acetyl-CoA it kind of feeds back to inhibit other pathways that are trying to increase it so it's like a negative feedback loop so if you pour in acetyl-CoA that derives from ketones that actually directly inhibits the processes of glycolysis and um, it'll slow down well and we're not so sure what will happen with fat metabolism but de definitely directly inhibits glycolysis to an extent so um there's, there's checks and balances at a lot of different levels and so long as that isn't sort of sustained and um you're so long as you're not pouring in more than the system can cope with for, for a sustained period of time i think that it, i can't i can't see why it would be worse than just being net towering balance straight up because i think that the okay. net beneficial okay. effects of ketones as, as a signal um are likely to over you know account for more than 
any negative effects, which have not been like sort of fully discovered yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, <clears throat> a lot more research has to be done. There's still a lot of unknowns. So certainly, yeah. So, um, I mean, so what do you see as the uh, the next step with the uh, the ketone ester product? Is it, um, you know, you've got it working, uh, you're selling it. Um, what Again, what's the next step with it? Well, I think it's been really uh, great to hear about how people have been using it in their training and competition. And so we're trying to kind of listen to, to how people are using it and that will help us make decisions about what we do with it next. I mean, one clear, clear issue with, the product as it is is that it is a very still very expensive and i mean to put it to put it in context um the amount that's in one bottle of human ketone used to be like two and a half thousand dollars for that amount of wow. and now it's you know we're selling it for thirty dollars so the cost has come down hmm. significantly but clearly um even i you know I, i'm an athlete myself if someone came up to me and was like here by this thirty dollar one time goo shot i'd be like mm, you know so i think that's a a clear thing that we need to address um, and you know we have a great uh, operations team and people working on the supply chain now and so we're really hoping that we can bring the cost down soon so that more people can try it um, and you know not just athletes but people who want to use it for health and wellness as well um, so that's sort of definitely one thing we're working on and also you touched on the taste um, I don't know if you've ever tried it yourself I mean I've tried it I've been involved in the project now for around about eight years. And when I first tried it, it we used to give it in um, like a chocolate milkshake form. It was, it was more like drinking the ketone salt in that it was a big mm. volume. And it was in this chocolate milkshake and it was thick and it took a long time to drink and it was not nice. Um, I think it's like it was, uh, what, you, what you said is that some people that like, like my wife can drink large amounts of fluid really quickly. I don't know why. She's, she's just good at it, you know. Champion drinker. So for her... She right. She rather drink like she could drink a whole twelve ounce glass and it doesn't bother her. For me, like you know, it's funny when when we share a drink and I ask her for a sip, she laughs because she goes, "You didn't even drink anything." And to me, it's yeah. a big sip. And to her, it's like she takes one sip, the whole thing's gone. So I think that's like a <laughs> yeah. big factor. Is I, you know, I told her I'd never want to be in the desert with her. She, I would die of thirst in two seconds. You know, she'd drink all my water. Yeah. But I, I think that's a that's a factor. Is like, are you a big? Are you able to drink big volumes or? Can you tolerate yeah. bad taste, but smaller volumes, you know? Yeah, so I mean, so obviously the taste is something that we would love to work on. Um, I think, again, that's another thing that we've had a lot of feedback on. And some people, uh, you know, uh, bear with it and don't mind it because they feel really great when they take it. And that's and that's great. So, I mean, I'd say that, that um, yeah, it's sort of a, a 50-50 mix of people who are like, yeah, you know, I'll drink it, fine. And other people who are like, it's really, really bad. I don't know whether I can drink mm. it, but I'm really suffering. So, so I mean... So those two things are probably what's on our kind of yeah. our agenda for, for the short term. And then me personally, um, as in heading up research at the company, we're just really interested to to partner with researchers and, and figure out, um, you know, unblocking new use cases and understanding the biology and, and being sort of thoughtful partners. And, and ultimately, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there um, about exogenous ketones and, and a lot, you know, a lot of uh, overblown claims. Not right, totally right. overblown because I think that a lot of people do have very positive experiences with them. But I think you know part of the reason that we're not selling it as a weight loss or a supplement or as a you know a diet aid is because we really want to be a good source of truth and wait for the studies to be done and do the studies with our product and just really um, not confuse the dialogue anymore. Well, here's a question. I, I looked at a curve on your website of you know the effect on um, 
you know, uh, ketone levels in your blood. So I see, you know, uh, ketone salts, um, and then the ketone ester and the ketone ester is pretty dramatic. I mean, it seems mm -hmm. to dramatically elevate your blood ketone levels to like five or six millimolars or four or five millimolars. Do you think that, um, that may negatively impact the body because people, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if someone is fasting, for instance, I don't know if their ketone level well, suddenly spikes, spikes like that pretty quick. Like you think that may have a, um, an effect if someone uses this frequently, like every day, what if they use it once a day? What do you think that would do to them? I guess, I guess, I guess we don't know for sure. But if we look at biology broadly, every time that you have a carbohydrate-rich meal, even like you know, fairly non-refined, like slow-release carbohydrates, you get a rise and a fall in blood glucose that's sort of outside of the homeostatic kind of limit, and your body, your body deals with that fluctuation fine. Um, you, you know, if you had um, coca-cola and you spike to like super super high and you do that regularly that's going to have some kind of effect but actually i think that um for ketones the level that we get to so say you know four millimolar that's very well within the kind of the homeostatic limit of the body so i think by contrast ketoacidosis that's over 20 millimolar say so it's really like five times as high as we're getting with the drink and if you were to just fast and starve for a number of days, the ketone levels actually plateau out somewhere between five to eight millimolar, depending on the individual. But there's a classic study that was done at Harvard Medical School by George Cahill. And they had uh, divinity students who were just fast, fasting for religious reasons. And they fasted for 50 days. And the ketone levels plateaued at around, I think it was six millimolar, something like that. But it shows that the, that, that level is something that the body can can live at that's like a livable level of okay. ketones much in the same way that a livable level for glucose is you know 100 mg per deciliter or what, what I, i'm not very good at mix per deciliter because in england we use millimolar so 4.5 millimolar that's a livable level of glucose so i think that if you were i think if you were i think if you were fasting and you already had elevated ketone levels you might experience like and some people don't feel good at high levels of ketones so i know um dr mm. dom d'agostino he says that he feels best when his ketone levels i can't remember his number but it might be two or three i know that so if he was already fasting on a ketogenic diet and then took human ketone and added another three or four millimoles on top of that that might not subjectively feel very good for him so that's again like takes us back to that individual approach. Like if you know you already got elevated levels of blood ketones and you know you don't feel very good with super high ketones, then you should right. tighten it up or down your dose um, accordingly. But in much the same way that some people don't feel very good when they have like high, you know, high rate blood sugar peaks and troughs. I think really it's there's nothing. Well, there are is some special things about ketones, but you know it's very. I think it's valid to make a direct comparison with how we feel with glucose excursions. That's true. I mean, if people are like eating a whole pint of ice cream and, you know, whacking themselves with a massive glucose load or, you know, subsequent mm -hmm. insulin load, it's still not good for you. But I just wonder if, uh, you know, if, I guess, you know, it's always good to be cautious. So yeah, I guess I it's think better to say to people be cautious than, you know, go crazy and drink this stuff every day. So. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if there was a way to have uh, everyone have some kind of like ketone in their diet so that everyone had some exposure to ketones at, um, you know, like, I don't know, somewhere between like one to three millimolar, you know, some kind of 
significant ketosis and some people and people were getting energy from ketones and that was matched by a compensatory decrease in energy from refined carbohydrates then I think that there would be like a number of beneficial health outcomes for the brain and for like how the body ages. And then mm. if you were going to use ketones as like an energy pre preactivity energy, I think that that's at least as as valid as, as using carbohydrates. You know, they're a rapid energy source, um, very efficient. And, you know, they have a number right. of um, anti-inflammatory, antioxidative stress and properties inherent to the ketone molecule that makes it very interesting in comparison with glucose. Okay. Well, very good. So um, <laughs> where can people get the human ketone? They go to what, hvmn.com? That's the website? That's it. So that, that's our website. We're on Twitter. We have a podcast, the HVMN podcast. And so um, I uh, recently start, I actually started co-hosting part of it myself. I'm doing like a monthly research roundup. And so we talk nice. about um, athletics and ketones and aging research and things like that. So your listeners might be interested. But um, yeah, Twitter, yeah. Twitter, hvmn.com forward slash ketone, Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter as well. I, I post, I think people always get a bit upset when they follow me on Twitter because I don't follow a ketogenic diet. And a lot of my followers are people who are into keto and I kind of will go on a bike ride at the weekend and like post like a, a pizza picture or something like that. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm pr- proudly out there and not keto. <laughs> But yeah, I, I you do, do as I say, yeah. not as I do, lady. Right? Well, I think like actually, you know, to address that, I'm I'm 20. How old am I? 27. I do like 14 hours of training a week. I'm very like metabolically wow. flexible. I do some I do some of my training fasted. I you know I I need me a bit of carbs okay. every now and again. And if I've been cycling for five hours, pizza is great. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I sure. think when I I would definitely explore. Um, the ketogenic diet i'm looking at training for an ironman next year so maybe i'll look at it then but at the moment i've got too much intensity in my training program you know this morning i ran around 12 miles uh, 10 of them at marathon pace wow. at lactate threshold you know I'm, I'm just training kind of intensely so that's my excuse yeah, yeah. for my for my carbs <laughs> you know what's something you should do is try to order like domino's pizza while you're on a bike ride see if they'll uh, deliver it to you you know so, so last year I cycled from San Francisco to Santa Barbara. So it's, it was about 120 miles a day, and I was with a big group, huh. and they had they had Costco pizzas every day as we finished, and it was the worst, <laughs> but also the best pizza that I've ever. You know, just been riding my bike for like That's eight cool. hours, greasy, cheesy, doughy. It was it was great. Mm. It was well, great. excellent. Well, Brianna, thank, thanks for coming on the podcast, and uh, no you know, you've you've earned your your carbs more than most people, and. Uh, <laughs> you know, people should check out hvmn.com, the ketone ester, and report in on yeah. you know how it affects them. And um, yeah, we'd love yeah, to thanks hear. Thanks for we coming. I really feedback. appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, we love feedback, so please reach out to us, and we'll do our best to answer any questions. You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner of future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.